You're listening to A Date with Data with your host, Amy Bitterman. Hey, it's Amy, and I'm so excited to be hosting A Date with Data. I'll be chatting with state and district special education staff who, just like you, are dealing with IDEA data every day. A Date with Data is brought to you by the IDEA Data Center. Welcome to A Date with Data. I am joined by Brandon Myers, who is the Part B Data Manager with the Indiana Department of Education, and we are going to be talking about data quality influencing. We at IDC have been talking to states about this idea, about how all of us have the power to impact and improve our data quality. So, Brandon, welcome. Can you first Hello, tell lovely us? Lovely to be here. Thank you. Can you first tell us just a little bit about yourself and your role? Sure. <clears throat> um, I'm with, as you said, I'm the Part B data manager uh, in Indiana. Uh, I started in April of 2016. So basically, um, the, uh, manager is a pretty good title for it because the data uh, comes in from the schools and we have to do various things with it to get it reported uh, to our federal partners and then also to make it usable and, and uh, for the schools and reportable to the public. So kind of every aspect of it coming in, uh, being analyzed, uh, organized in one way, and then getting it reported back out, I'm involved with uh, to one degree or, or another. And then our uh, monitoring specialists work on the specific areas uh, from a more substantive point of view, from a more program point of view. Great. So you're really touching the data at, at all points in the process. Can you um, just start out telling us a little bit from your perspective, what does it mean to be a data quality influencer? Well, we, um, <clears throat> we've had a lot of issues with making sure that our, that our data is of high quality. Um, if, you, if you're going to use this data to make uh, strategic decisions at the local level or monitoring decisions at the state level, including accountability decisions, uh, you want to make sure that everything that is coming in is reflecting the, the reality to the, to the extent that it can be of what's going on out there in our schools. So uh, from a data quality perspective, we make sure that the schools are aware of specifications for all the data, and then also maybe even more important, why it's imp what it's going to be used for, and thus why it's important. Otherwise, it's just, well, we have to fill out this particular template and put this information, and you get obsessed with the coding, and that's very dull for most people, even me sometimes. <laughs> Uh, but it does uh, it does matter on the other end to make sure that everything is is lined up so that our decisions can be made with the best information possible. Absolutely. So being a data quality influencer, part of that is being able to message out why this data is important, what it's being used for, because that sets the stage for making sure that they're collecting and reporting high quality data if you know what the purpose really is in the end. Yes, and involving involving the schools in in that process, particularly our our school mm -hmm. stakeholders, uh, and and parents and community members to a certain extent. Now, there are certain things obviously that we have to do that are in regulation, uh, but additional things we want the input from people, and also how we go about collecting this information. Uh, we want input from our school partners because that's going to make that it's going to make the process. Uh, go go the best 
and make sure that everybody is on board with the, providing the best information. Yeah. And how would you say that you influence the quality of your state's IDEA data? Oh, well, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, is that a value, valuative question or a technical question? Uh, I, um, I try to be visible with uh, our data collection. So I partner with our IT office because obviously that's where the vast majority of our data is coming in through various IT systems um, and the IT systems we have here at the Department of Education. So I'm very fortunate in our data uh, collections people here because from the moment I started, uh, I was always heavily involved in both the uh, um, uh, organization of say specifications and, and files and things like that, but also in the training. So uh, we have joint trainings. Uh, I just spent an hour yesterday on uh, our twice a week data uh, exchange. That's our da data reporting system, data exchange office hours. It's mm. run by the head of our data reporting. So sometimes I'll be like a presented speaker during that, but most of the time it's just answering questions and I'm I'm kind of on hand to deal with issues ha uh, surrounding special education um, reporting. So. I would say trying to be visible and available is is actually the biggest part of it. Um, after that, it is the really the material and making it as clear as possible. Try to make it as simple as possible, which is not always very easy because sometimes these specifications and the rules for reporting um, or even and the rules for calculating and so forth are very co uh, complicated and technical. Uh, but I try to present that information in as clearest and as simple way as possible. Uh, lots of pictures in my presentations and 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 charts and things like that. Uh, but then, of course, we do have the very you know dry data uh, layouts and things like that, where if you really want to look into what's the difference between a one and a three in this particular situation, you can you can go that far as well. Yeah. So really meeting meeting them where they're at, whether it's they want the more complex and, and to dig in deeper or, or sort of more novices and, and need the simpler um, introductory type language. Right. And I mean, sometimes I need the introductory language <laughs> as well. <laughs> yes, I think we all do, for sure. <laughs> you mentioned, yeah, doing um, PowerPoints and materials that are friendly for, you know, families and, and other stakeholders. Do you have examples in, in what areas or what types of um, materials you've produced in what content areas? Sure. So, I, I mean, I think, like I said earlier, there's 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 really three stages, I think, to the data manager position. One is getting the data in. The second is organizing and uh, performing kind of monitoring tasks and then the third part is how you communicate that out and yeah. it depends on who uh, the audience is and how you're going to get that out and how much information you're going to provide uh, so the things I was talking about earlier mainly had to do with the collections so there we're talking about um, mostly uh, special education directors at the local level uh, data uh, reporting staff at the local level, which they can have a variety of jobs. We also have a lot of special education cooperatives, which are groupings of um, local education agencies who group together to provide special education services. So we, we have to keep those in mind as we're pre presenting those materials. Then, but it's really more interesting to me is the is the information you're putting out after the data comes in. Mm -hmm. And um, we do that uh, 
not as well as I'd like to be honest is one of our kind of priorities uh, mm. because it does take so much time to just get it in correctly. Right. Uh, but through our monitoring system, our results driven accountability system has um, a data reporting that I think is very, uh, very simple in presentation and and we've gotten a lot of good feedback on how easy it is to understand and to figure out and to kind of use to get conversations started at the local level for strategic planning um it's not going to you know it's not going to tell you exactly what to do but it's going to it's going to start start uh the place it's going to give you the places that you need to start looking or right. provide you with information um with where you can best prov uh expand your limited resources at, at, um, at a human and, and other level. So um, th that's that's a, a one big example. Um, mm -hmm. Our public reporting, we're working on doing a, a better job of getting uh, more information that is a little easier for parents to understand, um, to see how the school that their child may be attending is performing. Right now we have our in-view and we're developing a new DOE, uh, Indiana Department of Education initiative uh, called GPS, which is Graduates Pre Prepared to Succeed. Uh, that is going to provide, it, it's trying to simplify the information and provide the most useful information. Uh, there's a special education component to that, but then we'll be adding on some more specific special education issues, such as least restrictive environment, things like that, that don't apply to those students that are only in general education. So what are some of the challenges? You mentioned one of them being making sure that the data are accessible and understandable to different audiences. Are there other challenges to being a data quality influencer? And what are some ways that you've tried to address those? Uh, yeah, I think I think the fear is a lot of the challenge um, because of a fear of a lack of understanding or a fear that uh, I mean, data is very powerful. Yeah. Um, in the sense of it, it, a lot of since it is so useful at making inf um, information, a lot of big decisions can be made off of it. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, it's important to keep in context what it is telling you and what it is not telling you. Uh, so there, it's not it's not describing what's going on in your school from a day to day basis. It's it's showing the results of that or the organization of that. So um, if you can communicate that to stakeholders, and, and to be honest, it's important that local administrators know that as well, um, because they're looking at benchmarks, and that's a, a, that's a very effective way to do it, but it's the detail that, that they, they need to take that next step. Um, so I think that is an important aspect of uh, communicating things. Mm -hmm. um, Another thing that we notice, particularly with our parent stakeholders when we have meetings, is that they are much more interested in what's going on in the classroom than the overall performance mm -hmm. of the school system in general. Now, I'm, you know, I'm generalizing here, but I, I think that we've, I've been in enough meetings that I can say that that's the case. So you really have to try to connect those things to talk about how we are using this data to uh, st to start discussions and then evaluate interventions. So, you know, school having a new program or a new, new organization, a new uh, way of uh, supporting their students within the classroom, a new way of integrating uh, the special education services that are going on outside the general ed classroom. And in those are some examples of things that we're really trying to focus. And so that is making uh, 
I think people have really come to accept the idea that data is powerful, but they don't always see that it's it's relevant uh, to what goes on day to day, which is really where the magic happens. Right. Uh, magic doesn't happen at the Department of Education. So. <laughs> Uh, as much as I'd like it to, right. um, or, or I don't know, maybe I don't want the responsibility, but um, <laughs> it can provide the information to improve the process by which those outcomes are happening. Yeah. So really understanding, especially with parents, why is this data meaningful to them? What What is important about this process for them personally and trying to hit that home and really make that connection with them especially? Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. We just wrapped up our our in-person interactive institute a couple weeks ago, and it was wonderful to see you there. And this was a big theme at the institute, the data quality influencer and the power we all have over our data. Is there anything that you learned at the in- interactive institute that's really going to help you, you think, in your data quality influencer role? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that I, I think actually I probably have highlighted the meaningfulness in, in my discussion here with you today more uh, as a result of going there. Um, you know, it's not something that I didn't really know before, but this really helped uh, to um, we did an activity to uh, really and it was difficult, to be honest, it was difficult to to uh, come up with these connections, but it was but its difficulty to me showed why it's even more important that we focus on relevance as a as a huge issue and and knowing your audience um, as a huge issue. Uh, The other thing that's great about the interactive institutes is that they do deal with some very specific issues Mm -hmm. uh, that most people off in the street uh, wouldn't be the slightest bit interested in and (laughs) most people even working in schools wouldn't be the slightest bit interested in. But if we aren't um, looking at those issues at with our colleagues relying on the support of you know all of the 60 grantees that are that are invited to the institute uh it's going to it's going to make our ability to do all that other stuff a lot harder and we're going to be folk and we're going to be spending a lot more time on the collection part and the specifications part and you know uh i actually like the collections part and the specifications part in some sort of uh, uh, a sadomasochistic <laughs> way, maybe I don't know, but uh, but it's all. But I also know that that is just the f- very first stage. So we we you know we had conversations um, around around that and always connecting that to the relevance question. Yeah, so really moving. I mean, getting that first part down pat, so we know that we're collecting the right data and it's complete and accurate and timely and all those pieces and and really moving beyond that. So now that we have this this good data, what can we do with it? Yes. Yes. That's that's always what is to me uh, on the other side. Yeah. I mean, that's always what you have to keep in mind is we're we're coding this LRE data, least restrictive environment in a particular way. Um, and I, I think, you know, by and large, that is also we see that in, in the Department of Ed in Washington, uh, they they try to organize things uh, connected very much as much as possible to what's going on at the local level. Now it's not it's not perfect. Um, it's never going to be perfect. You mm-hmm. can't have you know, and you're you're yeah. always losing information. You're by making a, some kind of a categorical choice. Um, you're you are influencing the outcome of that data. But if you think about 
you try to think about it at the ground level what that looks like and then how that will connect to the more formal data organization that's um, I think always what we should keep in our head yeah and what do you have coming up next as a data quality influencer uh, so, uh, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, we are developing a new system um, in the state that will present, right, currently it will be for schools, but then we hopefully uh, will have a public component part of it later uh, to share our monitoring information with schools. Um, we've been sort of doing it in a very old-fashioned by 2022 standards way, uh, so we're really improving our IT infrastructure so that there will be um, a place to communicate, a place to look at the information, uh, you know, through an online connection uh, rather than static documents. Mm -hmm. um, it will be improve our ability to do visualizations uh, a little bit more because right now with a manual process, you can do visualizations, but they take so much time uh, and we are limited in our capacity uh, here. Uh, we only have a few specialists and I'm the only data manager, so data person. Uh, so we, you know, whatever we can rely on IT infrastructure to improve that process, uh, that's a new, a new initiative. Um, and uh, the other thing, of course, is we're looking at what we've seen from uh, the, the coronavirus pandemic, as is everybody. Um, you know, it really hit our kids with disabilities hard in terms of their uh, access to education for a while. Um, and it hit everybody else hard as well. Um, and we're trying to see how we're recovering from that. Um, how we're going to deal with some of the uh, deficits, uh, learning deficits that were created just by a lack of um, instruction or instruction in a different form that, that we really haven't quite perfected yet because mm -hmm. uh, um, virtual learning is, is still very much a work in progress uh, for, most, for most people. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's another uh, focus that we are folding into our monitoring process where you know, we try to keep things uh, as clear as possible and not have, you know, four, five or six different separate uh, initiatives going on. We have within our monitoring system different points of emphasis. Great. Well, is there anything else um, that you want to share about the work going on in Indiana and being a data quality influencer? Uh, the only the only thing that I would share, uh, I just kind of reiterate, is the imp for me anyway the importance of connecting uh, this information to classroom instruction and and services support. Mm -hmm. So um, we have, and this is a very interesting thing. Uh, I've been talking about this for a couple of years, and and the more that I look into it, the more I'm convinced that it's it's the right way for us to go. Um, We've seen a great deal of, le of improvement in children with disabilities in the general education setting in the last 10 years. So that was an extremely, I mean, and that, pre that predates me uh, when this started, but that was an extremely uh, data-driven process where mm -hmm. we gave the schools very specific information on how they were doing on indicators 5A, 5B, and 5C. Um, if you're, if you uh, are listening to this, you probably uh, know what that is. If if you don't know what that is, um, I'm not sure whether I'd look it up. But anyway, uh, it's it's about information on you know where the where the children are receiving their services, and that data driven process has been very effective in getting more and more of our students with disabilities in the general education classroom. Mm. And uh, so it, it's a success story. But of course, 
it's an incomplete success story because it it focused on that aspect of the data and that that was fine and that made sense but we really now have to look at what's happening in those classrooms which is a much bigger data challenge right um and so that and and something that i think ultimately we can only uh, assist at the state level. Um, it's hard to collect really good systematic data on that, um, even at the local level. But uh, what we're seeing is children in those general education settings, but their outcomes are only modestly improving. And we think it's mainly due to the access to the general ed curriculum. So the alignment between services and, and the academic instruction there becomes the biggest issue. And that's really, um, and that's really the next next step in our kind of monitoring vision, for lack of a better word, is to look at specially designed instruction and how it goes into practice. And some of that might have to be done by, uh, you know, more qualitative observation at the local level. And then obviously at the state level, we can be a part of that to a certain extent. Um, and then also some collection of systematic data. So we've provided some some suggestions on that. But that is the thing that I am the most interested in uh, from a program point of view at this point. Wow, that's really interesting. And, and congratulations on the success you had with um, around the least restricted environments and Indicator 5. And hopefully what you've learned from, from that work, you'll be able to apply to what you're doing now moving forward and have as much success there. Thanks. It's very nice to see that graph go up. Yes. <laughs> I'm uh, sure. You don't always see that. So when you do see it, you yeah, you really should celebrate it. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Brandon. This was wonderful. It was so good to chat with you and love to hear from you again when you get some of those initiatives going and love to hear how that's how that's going on. Thanks very much. I enjoyed it. To access podcast resources, submit questions related to today's episode, or if you have ideas for future topics, we'd love to hear from you. The links are in the episode content, or connect with us via the podcast page on the IDC website at ideadata.org.